independent, strong women, good fashion, and mediocre white men? I sit here and wonder, is Sex and the City a progressive show or just a problematic show centered around the trials and tribulations of four white women? We're here to talk about human nature. It's on and popping up in here, you feel? Reels up in 30 minutes. You are my queen. I don't know what else I can say. That's the thing. You need to be called to be queen. She's crazy and she needs to go down. I'm unstoppable! Son of a bitch. This is so boring! I think that we've had quite enough of you today. Go on. You got it, Joan. All right, so today, as Eden so wonderfully introduced, we will be talking about the show, the 90s slash 2000s show, Sex in the City. This show is a show. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yes, it is. There we go. We've nailed it. There we go. That's it. That's the episode. That's See you next podcast. time. Yep. <laughs> next time on the Psychology Channel. Yeah. <laughs> no, Sex in the City is a show uh, centered around four white women. Uh, Carrie Bradshaw, who is a writer for a newspaper. I don't know which newspaper. Her own column. Yeah, she's a she has a column. The column's called Sex in the City, uh, where she talks about writes writes about sex and relationships and men Mm -hmm. and kind of all that come and womanhood, I suppose. Her best friends are Charlotte, a naive and prudish type of girl who's hell-bent on finding her white knight. Take that as you will, white knight being a average-ass white dude who's going to rescue her. (laughs) Then we have Miranda, who's her cynical and outspoken friend, who, I I don't know how else to describe Miranda. She's, like, kind of relatable. She's, like, an intellect. Um, intellectual independent she's a lawyer she's very independent yeah and then her her last best friend is samantha who is the most sexually adventurous and open about her sexual endeavors and she also is pretty independent and runs her own business as a public relations person question mark Mm -hmm. and it's basically just their lives and their relationships and their sex lives in New York City. We had the 90s episode last week, and yes, Sex and the City was released in the 90s, as well mm-hmm. as the 2000s, and we figured mm-hmm. it was such an iconic show during the 2000s that we decided to choose this one <laughs> as our as our Women's History Month semi-finale. Semi-finale, yeah, kind of. We have a, a mini-sode next week, but yeah, semi-finale. From my Carrie Bradshaw interview. Interview? <laughs> interview? Yeah, we actually, we actually, uh, Carrie, Carrie, you're dialed in. Um, you're on line three. <laughs> yes, surprise. We have Sarah Jessica Parker here with us. Uh, we got an exclusive interview. Just kidding. We don't matter at all. A A A. Our seven fans no. would disagree. You're, you're right. You're right. Um, not interview. My from my Carrie Bradshaw intro. It's clear that I mean. I'm sitting here wondering, is the show progressive? Is it problematic? Let's talk about it. I would Let's answer the question with yes. <laughs> I would accept I would accept that answer. <laughs> I would accept that answer. I mean, I just like I was telling you, I've never had an experience watching a show that was just like almost equal parts progressive and problematic at the same time like progressive and so backwards at the same time progressive and so dated I guess is the way to put it I I think 
what it is, though, is because it's like it's the start of progressivity, progressiveness. I progressive auto insurance. <laughs> Call your friend Flo. Um, yeah, we talked about Dairy Girls last week. How in the '90s, you know, women started to have more important roles in pop culture. So right, yeah, and it's like it's progressive in in terms of women and where women are, but it's also very, very. Very dated. Yeah, Very dated. It, is, it is really dated. Almost every other aspect in addressing yeah. like, issues of people of color, addressing issues of people from the LGBTQ plus community. God. Yeah. Toxic masculinity. We'll we'll get more into some of these. We things. yeah, we will get more into it. But to start off on a on a positive note, because <laughs> I'm watching it for the first time actually, and Tegwin, you are watching some of it for the second time, which that's a fun the tables have turned moment. Um, yeah, for us. I, I watched the first season like a couple mm-hmm. years ago, and then I stopped because they took it yeah. off of Amazon Prime. Oh, those <laughs> bastards! Those bastards. Fuck yeah. Amazon. Honestly. But you were, so when you watched the first season a couple years ago, you intended to keep watching it? Yeah. I mean, it was okay. like, it's it's very, very compelling. It's very, oh, yeah. it, like, especially as like a young, a young woman, it's like very mm-hmm. intriguing, I would say, because it's like, it's these four like grown women talking about their sexual exploits and their mm-hmm. sexual endeavors and adventures. And it's like, I mean, that's just very compelling, especially for a young audience, but also for like an older female audience, I would assume. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. It is it is very compelling. No, I just wondered because you had told me that you watched it up in, like you watched the first season, um, but I didn't know why you didn't continue watching it. So yeah, it is really compelling. I mean, <laughs> it's my first time watching and I'm almost done with the show. Yeah. And I don't know how I feel about that because I did not intend to watch so Every much episode. of it. So much of it. Yeah. I started watching it with a friend and I honestly didn't intend to continue watching it after I was not watching it with her anymore. Um, but I did because I'm trash question mark. I don't know. It's guilty it's a pleasure. Guilty, yeah. It's a guilty pleasure for sure. But, like, as far as positives go, before we delve into the more problematic aspects of the show, (laughs) I see it's very clear why it was such a big deal and why it was so progressive at the time. Because, like, yes, it is for white women, but it's still for women on network television talking every single episode in great detail about their sexual exploits, their romantic exploits, and, and they're not, you know, they're all a little bit neurotic. <laughs> like, they're not, quote-unquote, typical women, whatever that means. I mean, you we'll know. Get in, but like, we'll get more into that. Cause they- <laughs> we'll get more into that, but they're all, you know, they, they all have they all have their own issues. They, they all go against the grain in their own ways. You know, they're not, they're very independent. And so, to have characters like that on TV talking about these kinds of things you know even if the things they were saying were not always the best they were talking on network television women's issues sex lgbtq issues relationships um you know stuff like that that was just like i see why it was such a big thing i see why it was so progressive yeah most shows like very much so beat around the bush when it comes to that. No mm-hmm. pun intended, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, no, especially especially at that time too. Especially at that time. So it was, it was very forward forward moving. Yeah. No, that's true. I think it did. De- you can see how it propelled television forward into like more modern ways of thinking. I guess. Yeah, and also like the women themselves. Like we said, they're all they're all like successful career women. Mm-hmm. They're all holding their own. They have their own things going for them. Mm-hmm. They are women in their thirties, so it's not it's not your typical mm-hmm. show centered around like younger like twenty year olds. Like it's or not like schoolers, yeah, yeah. It's not like a a sexual like exploration in that regard where it's like oh this mm-hmm. is new and like this is the first. I mean obviously there are things like that. Yeah, I was gonna say I appreciate that there are things like that there are aspects of that in the show with women who are in their 30s like I just appreciate the wide variety of like you know you have Samantha who's almost 40 or in her 40s for some of the show who's still very sexually active with many partners and like doesn't really want to settle down and then on the other end of the spectrum you have Charlotte who is more you know prudish and conservative and does have that sexual exploration and stuff like that that is typical I feel like that's more typical of seeing in like a show that centers around women in their early 20s or even in high school so it's kind of nice to see older women not that women who are in their 30s are old by any means but like but it you know, feels like most shows most shows mm-hmm. don't center around women as that age group yeah exactly and I mean it's it's a well-known thing that it's hard for working actresses to continue to get work into the older they get you know so it's nice to see like a show centered around women in that age group I guess yeah and it is funny there's a lot in it that's funny obviously I mean I kept I kept watching it <laughs> to to almost the end of the show. So, and after this episode, after we're done recording, I I might go back and keep watching. <laughs> yeah, I I will definitely be watching more after this. That Anything wraps else? up the good things. <laughs> I was gonna say. No, there's there's like we could. I'm sure we could talk for 45 minutes about like what was good and what was progressive about the show. Yeah, but I'm that's sure not the angle that we would like to talk about. Yeah, it was the 90s. We talked about it a little bit in the last episode, and, like, TV was really starting to get more diverse and become more modernized at this time. Like, I'm thinking of, I could be completely wrong, but I think it was The Real World was a reality show in the 90s that had, like, a very diverse cast for the first time and also a cast member who was HIV positive, which was, like, a really big deal at the time. So TV in general was starting to get more progressive. So I can can appreciate this show for what it did to help push that agenda forward. Yeah. (laughs) But now, to get into the (laughs) the shitty stuff. Now let's talk about the shitty stuff because there's – I think this is – yeah, and I think this is what makes watching the show a guilty pleasure is that it's just – it's so cringy so often. Yeah. (laughs) So often. Uh, There's just certain things that just, like, enrage while you're watching. And I think that's that's just because – that's because of, like, the time Mm -hmm. that we've Mm -hmm. been. And I'm not excusing the things they said because, oh, but, like, those were things that just happened at that time. And, like, people accepted those things. And now just watching it, you're like, how the hell did they get away with this? Yeah, things that people believed. And it's, it's, I think that's the most interesting aspect about watching it. It's like this show really, it was not that long ago that this show was on television. Like it was the late 90s to the early 2000s. Like I feel like it ends in like 
I want to say 2006 or yes, seven, yeah, five. Look at us not doing our research yet again. Let me just Woo-hoo. find a date. Started in 1998 and ended in 2004. Okay, yeah. So even you know, like I said, I I am almost at the end of the show. I'm in season six. That's the last season, and I will say that I think towards season five, season six, it gets less problematic a little bit but there are still things that are said lines that are said that are just very dated like very seem very old-fashioned but it was literally 2004 like that was not that long ago we were in elementary school already like when that was when that kind of rhetoric was being accepted yeah (laughs) yeah and promoted yeah which is just it's it's crazy to think about it because it's just like a product of the time Um, yeah yeah so First, before we dive into some like specific details about what is problematic about the show and cringy and <laughs> unacceptable, um, yeah. we're gonna talk about internalized misogyny, which is we found to be like a pretty rampant theme throughout the show. Happy so, Women's History Month, everyone! Yeah. <laughs> And I'm going to note before I talk about internalized misogyny, it's kind of something that everybody has. So, yeah, not kind of. You're completely correct. Absolutely. Everyone who lives in a patriarchal society has this ingrained in them. Including us. Including us. It's just like systemic racism. Like, it's it's ingrained. It's deeply ingrained. (laughs) Yeah. It's a product of the world we live in. And yeah, we we live in a society. So we're not we're not on a high horse. We are not saying mm-hmm. that we are not guilty of any of these things, but we're just going to explain. So internalized misogyny or internalized mm-hmm. sexism, as mm-hmm. as referenced by Psychology Today, and this is an article that we're going to go into more later in the episode. But mm-hmm. their definition of internalized sexism is defined as the tendency of some women to regularly put down, make disparaging remarks about, and or sabotage their own or other women's and girls' identity, potential, and success. Mm-hmm. So that happens a lot. Uh, <laughs> that happens. I would say that you can see the internalized misogyny throughout this show in every single episode. I can say that with certainty. Like, if you are looking for it, or even if you're not looking for it and you didn't ask for it, you can see it in almost every single episode. And I think that, I mean, obviously internalized misogyny is, like, still a huge issue. It has not in any way gone away since this show stopped airing. Right. But it's also, I think, just very much a a product of the time, too. Like, we talked about very briefly last episode, that Times article that was like, oh, how the 90s tricked women into thinking they gained gender equality or something. And it's kind of that, like... It just reminds me that same idea of like very surface level changes were being made, but then underneath the surface, like this show, it is very progressive in a lot of ways, but then there's just this underlying internalized misogyny that is very strong throughout the entire show. Yeah, and you totally see it in like, not even just the like big things that happen in the show, but it's just like one Mm. one one-liners from yeah. the characters and it's like yeah. bruh what? Carrie often says like oh normal women who love their sh- buying their shoes and I'm mm-hmm. like okay so I'm normal not normal women. because yeah. I wear okay. the same pair of shoes every single day <laughs> oh my god yeah honestly I mean I love shoes I love shoes very much I cannot afford all the shoes that Carrie the Jimmy Choo shoes that yeah I mean 
she can't afford them either, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> but I also, like, like I'm not going to look at you, Tegwin, and be like, oh, you wear the same Converse every day? That's so weird. Yeah, <laughs> you're not normal. You're, you're not just, a real woman. <laughs> you're so quirky. You're so weird for that. Like, yeah, it's just stuff like, you're right, little one-liners. Let's go into some specific examples, because, like, we can, we're not going to dive into too many specifics, because for people who haven't seen the show, or even for people who have, there's just so many episodes, there's so many, so many situations, that it's not worth, like, diving into detail, a lot of them, but we can sure as hell give you some examples that yeah. are pretty bad. Oh, yeah. I mean, starting off, in, I think it's, it's either season one, episode one, or season one, episode two. I, I'm pretty sure that is the pilot episode. I think that's season one, episode one. Okay, so, well, the one of the first episodes, if not the first episode of the entire mm-hmm. show, starts out slamming, absolutely dunking <laughs> on yeah. models, and yeah. Carrie and Miranda and Charlotte and Samantha, the quad, the gang, the girl, whatever the <laughs> hell you want to call them, they absolutely rail on these freaking models. They're like, oh, they're so mm-hmm. dumb. They have such easy lives because they're so hot and like we're not that hot and like we're just better than them though because we're smart to add to that what makes it worse is that like the whole thing that starts us off is men like it's basically the competition between models and quote-unquote normal women for men and like the quote-unquote normal women being upset that there are men who specifically seek out and date models in new york so because of that like you said, they're like, Ugh, models are so dumb, so stupid. At least I have a job where I use my brain, and yeah. also your job's easy as fuck. Like, fuck you. <laughs> like, what the hell? So you are extremely jealous, and you're just putting yes. down other women to make yourself feel better. And, like, other women who are making their bag. Like, they are making money. They are making careers for themselves. They're independent because they are models, probably. Like, what? Also, like... Um, I don't know if you've ever seen America's Next Top Model, but modeling is not easy. <laughs> not easy. Yeah, uh, Carrie Bradshaw, maybe you should watch some America's Next Top Model before you actually slander models. So check Honestly, yourself. <laughs> honestly, just to check yourself. It's really funny. I just remembered there is an episode in a later season, I don't remember what season it is, where Carrie gets invited to, like, walk a runway during Fashion Week for some fucking reason. I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, and she's petrified. Like, she's mortified. She can't do it. She falls on the runway, first of all. She eats shit. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, internalized misogyny right here from yeah. me laughing at Carrie downfall but I'm, I'm not laughing at that I'm just saying like it's just I would funny laugh at anyone who fell, so it's not a <laughs> yeah it's really it's really funny shout out like, the video sorry this is unrelated but shout out <laughs> the video of Joe Biden falling no that could have killed him that could have killed his fragile old bones Oh man. oh man. No, but yeah, just it's just extra funny that like the first episode she starts out being like, Ugh, their job is so easy. They don't understand what it's like to be normal, to be a pleb and then it's like she tries to model and like literally eat shit on the run like she can't do it. Like it's just it's not good. It's not good. It's not it's not cute, Carrie. Like Mm-mm. no one Mm-mm. like a a like at the root of the problem is the is the standard of beauty that that society has, which is centered around men. 
because yeah. the standard of beauty is to please men. So mm-hmm. that's at the root of it. But bashing on women who meet that standard, it's like it's literally like not their fault. Like they have no, no control mm-hmm. over these no, things. No, not at all. Not at all. Like the standards have changed a little bit. Like beauty standards are starting to get a little lesser focus on what is the standard to please men. I think it's gravitating a little bit more so towards like how do I please the cute girl at Trader Joe's who's going to like check me out while I'm like getting my groceries. Yeah. And I'm not going to shame other women who <laughs> meet that standard better than I do. I'm not going to be like, oh, oh my God, the Trader Joe's cashier is looking at her more than me while she's probably a fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> It's just ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. And that's the pirate ep- pirate. That's the pirate episode. <laughs> Checks in the um, city. <laughs> I was sitting here wondering in me boat, do I have scabies? <laughs> or is it scurvy? <laughs> said pirate a pilot you were saying pilot episode pilot yeah that's the pilot episode that's that's all i can remember of what i was saying that that's the pilot episode yeah. we so, can, the show is not starting off on a great foot in terms of no, internalized misogyny not at all and i'm gonna say again i'm gonna say again one models are not dumb and two their job is not easy it's like, i know that's obvious but i just need to put it out yeah there again. like there's dumb people of every caliber it's also just forwarding a stereotype that's yeah. Harmful, very harmful for a certain group of women. I mean, models, you know, it's like that stereotype still exists to this day. I remember on New Girl <laughs> that like Cece and Jess on New Girl get into a big fight one time because Jess thinks that modeling is easy and that Cece's friends are dumb. And she's like, no, it's not. You know, like it's still a thing that's a stereotype to this day, which is completely unfair. Yeah, um, to an entire group of people. Yeah. I've got an example that has to do with LGBTQ issues. Go for it. So, like we said before, this was the 90s, the early 2000s, LGBTQ issues, LGBTQ rights were like just starting to be talked about in the mainstream. In Sex in the City, with the exception of Samantha, they are talked about from a straight woman's perspective. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, Samantha is a cis woman too. So, you know, even though she isn't straight, she never labels herself as not straight, really. Yeah. So that's that on that. But um, this is an episode having to do with men because you pointed this out when we were talking about the show before, that the internalized misogyny and the just toxicity of that also impacts the way that these women view men. Yeah. So there's, there's a episode where Carrie dates a bisexual man and she's so fucking annoying about it (laughs) she is so fucking annoying about it I knew from the start of the episode I don't remember if it was because of the title I think it was because of the title that I I knew it was going to be an episode about bisexuals and I was like I'm I'm here I'm queer and I'm ready to get upset so I I just was waiting and um the show delivered it did upset me (laughs) so so expectations met I suppose. Expectations thoroughly met. <laughs> Carrie's just so fucking annoying about it. Annoying about it. And it's the it's the same issues of like the model thing where it just enhances stereotypes towards a certain group of 
person that are harmful. So she finds out this guy she's dating is bisexual. She really likes this guy. Immediately starts freaking out. You know, she tells all her girlfriends about it at brunch. And Samantha, as usual, doesn't give a shit. Like, she's like, that's fine. Whatever. Doesn't matter, I think. And then Charlotte and Miranda are both shitty about it. And Charlotte has a line that's like, oh, well, that's just not fair. Like, you can't have guys and girls. Like, pick one. I'm like, yay. That rhetoric that still exists to this day. I love it. Carrie's just also so, like, caught up about this guy being bisexual and she's always asking she's asking him like oh well what if a really hot guy like came in right now like would it be better with him or would it be better with me would it be better with him or would it be better with me and he's like it's it's literally about the person it's not about like that it's yeah. about the actual human being and I'm like Carrie you are in your 30s like I feel like you should if she like, was like what? 17 it would be like okay like you don't get a pass but like okay you're like you're younger you're young, younger naive, so it's like I don't know much yeah exactly it, it's just ridiculous and then she ends up going to this like kickback at this guy's house and he lives with a bunch of people who are also like implied LGBTQ and they make it very like like, oh, everyone's dating each other, everyone has dated each other, like, oh, oh, it's so confusing, like, what do you mean, like, these two guys were together, but now he's with a girl, and, like, that girl is also with this other girl, like, what's going on, and it makes them all, like, very touchy-feely with each other, and it just, like, paints this picture that, like, bisexual people, pansexual people are all, like, polyamorous and, like, in messy relationships, and, like, ew. Like, that's fucking disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that. It's really gross. Um, also, they play Spin the Bottle. And, like, if you were in college playing Spin the Bottle, please let me know so I can roast the fuck out of you. Because, <laughs> what? I, it's just, it was, it was not good. And I think it, I think that episode specifically really speaks to kind of what you were talking about, like, about the toxic masculinity that's promoted throughout the show as well through the women Mm -hmm. well i'm going to tie it back into another lgbtq and that they absolutely (laughs) just fuck up oh my god it's just it was like oh it just as you can (laughs) as you can tell from my lack of being able to form a coherent sentence it i agree it's annoying (laughs) So basically, yeah. the episode is about uh, Charlotte is dating this guy, or she she goes out with this guy, and she doesn't think mm-hmm. it's a date because it's her gay friend, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And then he kisses her at the end, and she comes to her mm-hmm. friend group, and she's like, "But he's gay. I don't understand. How can he kiss me if he's gay?" Clearly, he's not, sweetie. Yeah, and it's like, okay, on all the girls, instead of being like, "Well, maybe he's not gay," their mm-hmm. first response is like, "Okay, maybe he's maybe he's one of the gay straights." Or maybe he's one of the straight gays. we got to figure this out. And I'm like, excuse me, I have a question. Yes, eat it. What the actual fuck <laughs> does that mean? <laughs> Literally, the whole time, I was like, I don't, I just, I just don't understand. He, like, so basically what happened is Charlotte assumed he was gay because he sometimes wears floral print shirts. He's a pastry chef, mm-hmm. and he lives in Chelsea, which I don't know anything about New York, but I can assume it's like, the New York equivalent of West Hollywood. I was going to say, to me, not being from New York, that sounds like every man in modern day New York currently. Right. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, they, they just assume that he's gay. And so Charlotte asks him, she's like, have you ever been with a man? He's like, no. No. And she's like, oh, okay. And she's still not convinced 
that he's mm-hmm. not gay when he's like cooking for her and like he commented on one of her dresses was like oh is that a insert designer name here yeah and she was like it's so weird and then she's like fine the sex is good whatever like I'll deal with it and deal then with he, what yeah honestly <laughs> like him yeah. just having opinions that somewhat yeah, align with yours deal with, like deal with the fact that there's absolutely no issue here yeah literally <laughs> And then at the end of the episode, there's, like, a sound in his kitchen, and then he starts, like, screaming a little bit. He's like, oh, oh, there's a mouse, there's a mouse, oh, my God, ew, ew, like, Mm -hmm. what the hell? Carrie's voice, voiceover comes up, and she's like, Charlotte just couldn't deal with the lack of masculinity. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, so you're saying men aren't allowed to be afraid of anything? Like, you're just promoting... A, okay, A, the whole bullshit with straight, gay, gay, straight, what the fuck is that? I don't know what that means. Also, fellas, this just in, if you're scared of mice and rats, you are in fact gay, actually, in case you didn't know. Just so you hear it from us first. Yeah, yeah, we're relaying the message from Carrie Bradshaw and yeah. Charlotte, whatever the fuck her name is. Yeah, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, what, I, it, yeah, it just blows bad. my mind. Like, watching that episode, mm-hmm. I was just sitting there, mouth agape, just, yeah. what am I watching? <laughs> there, yeah, there are many moments in this show like that, and I, I think you're totally right. Like, it's things like that that's, like, through the internalized misogyny. Also, this idea of toxic masculinity is promoted through because these women are just they're constantly thinking about like is this guy strong enough is this guy tall enough does this guy make enough money like oh i really like this guy but is he it, wears floral shirts or yeah, his like, dick is too small like yeah shit like that where it's just like you know it, it's and we, we talked about this there is taste there is everybody has taste like yes everyone has preferences but, like, knocking on someone's masculinity or femininity because of mm-hmm. what they fear and their occupation and, like, mm-hmm. like literally, what, what, what the, yeah. what? It's what the, just, it's just, it's stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid. And it's toxic. It's very toxic in general to define masculinity or femininity in a certain way, you know, in a certain box. I think everybody has begun to learn that now that we are in 2021, you know, and gender is a fucking construct and all that, you know. Hot tip, guys. Gender is a fucking construct. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> gender is a fucking construct. We're all starting to learn that. Some of us have been new for a long time. Some people are just getting on the train now and learning about it. And that's great. You know, educate yourself. But yeah, just I just can't imagine. Like, imagine being a guy and you know that you're straight. Like, you know, you are certain that that's your sexuality. You are not questioning that at all. You are certain that you are a straight cis man. You're feeling cute. You put on a little floral number to go out you put on a little floral button-down shirt and then the woman that you're dating is like are you gay because because the shirt you're wearing there's flowers on it like (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) that's crazy that's that's crazy and i mean inversely too with knocking on someone's quote-unquote femininity you know it's like literally are you gay because uh your hair is short you know literally story of my goddamn life yeah People asking me, people asking me regularly, are you gay? And, like, if I was, okay. But, like, why does, like, how I dress or how I behave have anything to do Mm -hmm. with any indicator? Exactly. Any indicator. Especially to people who are not members of the LGBTQ community. Right, right. I'm not saying that people who are members 
of that community technically have a right to like assume your gender or assume your sexuality but like it's different if someone's asking you because you know like they're interested in you or something like that you know or they just want to know if you're part of the same community as they are but straight people I'm sure you've gotten it from tons of straight people like just straight cis people being like oh you're gay right and it's like uh no actually I'm not like (laughs) yeah it's like why are you assuming that you know Um, and I'm, I'm not like personally I'm not offended by it but it's just like thinking about it is like you're just as you're just assuming that femininity or lack thereof has something to do with sexual preferences and you know what that is that's a fucking microaggression folks that is a microaggression and I'm gonna fucking talk about that now okay so Tegwin gave the definition of internalized sexism, internalized misogyny, and I want to talk a little bit about the effects that internalized misogyny have on women's mental health, because it's it's a serious it's a serious thing that people a lot of people probably don't really think about and the reason that internalized misogyny has an effect on other women's mental health and on you know even your own mental health if you have internalized misogyny is because of microaggressions and microaggression is a term used for a brief and commonplace daily verbal behavioral or environmental indignities whether intentional or unintentional that communicate hostile derogatory or negative attitudes towards stigmatized or culturally marginalized groups. So if you've heard about microaggressions, you've probably heard about it as related to race, like race racial comments that are made, but it's it's related to sexism as well. And especially with women of color, a lot of times the race and the sexism combine together in these comments and it's fucking terrible. There have been studies that link sexist microaggressions to anger, depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, and trauma that women experience. I have one scientific study that I'll put, or psychological study, I'll put it in the show notes, but it's called Sexist Microaggressions, Traumatic Stressors Medicated by Self-Compassion, and it was published in 2020. So I'll, I'll link that in the notes if anyone wants to dive into a scholarly journal. But basically, the study found that there is a correlation between sexist microaggressions and the diminished mental health or mental health struggles that women have in day to day and it's just really fucked up I guess like it's really problematic and that's why we wanted to highlight internalized misogyny even though talking about internalized misogyny during women's history month kind of sucks but it's something that affects women directly like Ill to this day, like we said before, we're not on our high horse here in any way, shape, or form. It's it's not something like, oh, I learned about internalized misogyny, so now poof, like I, I never I have it. I don't have it anymore. It's gone. Yeah. I got vaccinated. I am yeah. immune from it. <laughs> I don't have it. I actually got my internalized misogyny vaccine. Like I'm good. Like no, that's not how it works. Like it's an active, just like systemic racism. It's an active thing that you have to consciously be aware of and like make sure that you're not. Doing Doing. And I, I will admit that I'm guilty of, you know, making snippy comments about women and being judgmental. And I will catch myself and be like, why am I assuming that about this girl? Like, um, why am I assuming that because this girl's wearing a scrunchie that she's not from New York City? <laughs> 
I am from West West West. I am where you're coming to right now, and I am not from New York City. So yeah, you know. right, what the heck? Yeah. Also, that was that was Carrie Bradshaw's assumption in an episode of Sex and the City, not my own assumption. But like, yeah, what like, the fuck is that? I don't, I don't know. And she says it in such a condescending way too. She's like, oh, I wouldn't be caught dead in this crunchy. Like, oh, there's no way that that woman is from New York. And then they back it up because she's not from New York. But anyway, it's an active thing that you have to be aware of and practice. Yeah, you have to practice, especially because, like, you know, we see shows like this. Some of us, some, not me, but some of the people who are listening probably grew up watching Sex in the City or watched it when they were younger. And I know for sure that I watched shows and movies in my childhood and my young adulthood and, you know, teen years that promoted a lot of internalized misogyny and girl fighting and cat fighting and girls stabbing each other in the back and like being really judgy of each other and it's just something that's been promoted by men shout out men and shout out patriarchy We no, fucking I, hate you. I, I want to say, like, to add on to mm-hmm. that, like, I, when I, the first time I watched Sex in the City, I watched mm-hmm. it with, like, not a critical eye, which I, I honestly, yeah. like, I typically watch shows without a critical eye or, like, used that's to. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. But, like, watching this show for our show, I'm mm-hmm. like, holy shit. Because the first time I watched it was, like, I was like, oh, I love Charlotte. She's so wholesome and good and mm-hmm. great. And now I'm watching it. I'm like, she's literally probably the most problematic one like yeah because she has (laughs) she's like so naive and they painted it as like such oh like she's so good and like that's that's what people should be and like Mm -hmm. being conservative about sex is like a good thing and like you know but she says some shitty stuff bro yeah no and that's why it's like can be dangerous too because like when you're watching things without a critical eye when you're younger or just in general like you don't always have to be watching stuff like looking through a critical lens like you know you you liked charlotte probably because like you saw aspects of yourself in her like you related to her so that's why you know continuing to put this kind of internalized misogyny in shows in movies where it's women watching other women that they relate to bashing on women who are different from them it's just it's so harmful i want to say it's like the women's equivalent of like an incel question mark less less violent well what 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 powers incels misogyny so you know and we know that misogyny is very dangerous i mean we've seen mass shooters there was just the there was just the atlanta killing yes in atlanta of eight women and that's it's horrible it's horrible and it's it's fueled by misogyny and you know atlanta also racism like and these things are they're so systemic they're so ingrained in us it's internalized it's 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 just it's so ingrained from a young age through pop culture through talking to older women like just you know like just to judge people who are different from you to judge women who are different from you and it's so freaking harmful like it's so harmful and it's not you know it's it's harmful to yourself if you're doing it not just the women that you're doing it to like you may think that the little snippy comments and the little judgments don't don't actually matter yeah and don't affect people but they literally do like there are scientific studies proving that microaggressions they add to your stress level which depletes your mental health like it's so bad (laughs) So this Psychology Today article is titled, Ten Signs of Internalized Sexism and Gaslighting. And we'll also put this article in the show notes, but they have a list of the ten signs. And 
we are going to read them because it's hard it's hard to be aware of these things like i'm not going to sit here and be like oh i'm so self-aware like i know every time i'm doing something internally misogynistic because no that's not true at all all. (laughs) and i mean i it's not always pertaining to other people either these misogynistic thoughts that are internalized can also be inwardly focused towards yourself as well which is which is not good let's read this list and maybe it can help everyone be a little more self-aware and try to actively work against these things for you know women's history month we're gonna try to get rid of that really deeply ingrained misogyny we're as we go through this list we're gonna relate it we're gonna tie it back into the show sex in the city Mm -hmm. and kind of do a little checklist see see what elements what which are these items in the checklist that Sex in the City promotes? Yeah. Just to okay. see how so, internalized misogynistic it is. Sorry, I'm singing yeah, a lot this episode. I had a bruise. That's fine. <laughs> nice. Um, no, it's, it's probably going to be pretty bad. Fair warning. So. <laughs> the first one is regularly making disparaging remarks about one's own body and physical appearance check there's an episode where they all go through i hate my nose i hate this i my My neck is so fat (laughs) my thighs are too big like Mm -hmm. stop love yourself body positivity it's hard but just look in the mirror every day Mm -hmm. shout out this is for women but also men Mm -hmm. can love themselves too that's okay (laughs) get in the fucking mirror once a day Mm -hmm. find something you like and highlight it and just ignore the things you don't like and highlight the good things i would also add to that that if you are capable of not ignoring the things that you don't like because you know some people sometimes you have to ignore the things you don't like unfortunately sometimes you do but if you are capable of not ignoring the things you don't like, then show the things you don't like a little bit of love, too. Yeah. Just show yourself some compassion, you know? The second one is regularly making disparaging remarks about other women's and girls' bodies and physical appearance. I.e. body shaming. And uh, yeah. guess what? Sex and City, check. Yeah, big check for that. They definitely call, they call people chubby and fat a lot in the show, which is... I hate it. That I mean, I think obviously there's a lot <laughs> that made me cringe, but that stuff particularly made me really mad when they referred to women as chubby or fat in a in a derogatory, bad yeah. way, derogatory way. Yeah, it's right. terrible. And also the episode with the models where they talk about that how skinny like, they are. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like you can't you can't win. Right. And like not not saying that skinny shaming and fat shaming are on the same capacity because there's a definitely a more big big, big societal difference. But yeah. just examples on both ends of the spectrum. It, to Add to that too i as a rule of thumb have stopped commenting on people's bodies as a whole because i personally really hate when anyone comments on my body even if it's a good thing like even if they are coming from a good place yeah. and they're trying to be kind like oh you have such a nice figure or, oh like you know you look so good have you been working out you know like stuff like that like i i, I just i hate it i don't like when people talk about my body whatsoever so i try not to i just try not to compliment people's bodies at all I'm like find a different way right there with you like i yeah. love your smile that's a way you can compliment that someone's body yeah or like if someone does look really good and you notice it like oh those pants look really good on you or like those pants are very cute like something like that you know some people just are very uncomfortable with the body comments i am 100 with you on that especially don't say rude things about somebody's body like jesus 
Yeah. The third one is constantly engaging in negative social comparisons with other women and girls, routinely viewing other women as competitors in social and family situations, especially for attention and approval of men. Big old check there in Sex and the City. There's plenty of episodes about this. Plenty of that. Um, There's a model one. There's a model one. There's episodes where they make their... Ex is jealous and things mm-hmm. like that. They, the episode where they pit 30-year-old women against 20-year-old women. Yeah. I think it's really easy to compare yourself Yeah. to anybody. I mean, it's easy to compare yourself to other women as a woman just because the similarity. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, it's easy to compare yourself to anyone. I mean, I have to actively stop myself frequently from comparing myself to anyone, man, woman, doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, I have to stop myself from doing it. Routinely viewing other women as competitors, adversaries in professional situations, especially those who show great potential and promise and or those in highly visible leadership positions. I remember an episode where another female employee at Miranda's law firm snitches on her, essentially, like tells her business to, um, or complains about her or something to the partner because she's a partner in the firm. So that's a, that's a check. Check, check it each check. And again, don't, don't, don't view these people as competitors. Like if, if there's a powerful woman and you're in the same work setting as that person like seek seek her out as a mentor ask her advice like she can probably teach you a thing or two about how she got to the place that she's at don't make an enemy of that person the fifth one is making self-depreciating jokes or remarks based on negative gender stereotypes Um, and the example here is i'm a woman so i'm bad at math i'm trying to think of an example in the show of this I think there's a lot of just one-liners about like, oh, it's because I'm a girl, or oh, I'm such a girl, you know, oh, such a girly thing, or like the guys will say like, oh, oh girls, like the normal, I'm normal because I like shoes, yeah, things like stuff that. Like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there's another check. The one test you don't want to get a hundred percent on. It looks like yeah. Sex in the City is Sex in the City might get hundred percent on this. Yeah. Making depreciating jokes, remarks about other women and girls based on negative gender stereotypes. So basically the same as the last one, just towards others rather than towards yourself. Yeah. And actively discouraging other women and girls from realizing their dreams and fulfilling their higher potential. And it says in parentheses, deep down, those making such remarks may be jealous of other women doing what they themselves cannot. I would tie this back into the models. Yeah. Like if if it's someone's someone's dream to be a model and you're like, Mm -hmm. that's not, that's not a good, that's not a good fit for you. Yeah. There's a, there's an episode too, where I think an intern that's, Samantha Fires ends up like starting her own PR firm and throwing a party that's a disaster and then Samantha has to come and like help her fix it all and like of course she's very fake and nice about it but in actuality she's like mm, oh yeah, yeah 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 she's like um, hell yeah she failed go me yeah like, yeah come on it's chick I mean to relate it back to just like general life right now too like I I've seen a lot of this kind of thing with women who are doing OnlyFans, got to put it out there. Like, there's a lot of hate from women towards other women who are choosing to do OnlyFans or sex work in general. And I think deep down it does come from jealousy that they are not comfortable doing that or that there are women who are making money doing that while you're not. Like, that's just an example I can think of that's, like, very relevant currently. Yeah. And don't, don't, like, just celebrate. Tell if, if other women are achieving their goals. Mm-hmm. Be 
Be happy for them. Be happy for them, unless they're successful for doing something really shitty, yeah. like being racist or like something. Like being Kylie Jenner. <laughs> the eighth one is applying a double standard favoring men and boys over women and girls. So, like, in child raising, family relations, the way students get treated in school um, or at the workplace. This is one that, that they might actually raise a good point about in Sex in the City. Yeah. Because... Both Samantha and Miranda and, and Carrie, honestly, all the women, I think, have issues in their workplace with men getting preferential treatment over them. Right. Or not being taken as seriously as they should be. Maybe they're not going to get a, 100% on this. Oh, shock of yeah. the century. Wow. Well, also, I mean, to bring it back to the time period, too, the 90s and the early 2000s, this was a really big thing. Like, yeah. you know, women can, women in industry, even though they make less money than men, they can do it. Like, yep. you know, like. And they still um, do make less money than and and we still do we still do nine is defending justifying and excusing individual acts of misogyny mistreatment and or abuse either towards oneself or towards other women so some examples of that here are like she dressed or she deserved to be groped because of the way she was dressed or it was my fault that my husband abuses me something like that yeah i i would say check to this um mm-hmm. oh yeah because oh yeah there's so much blaming of themselves of the women's mm-hmm. selves when it comes to yeah. their bad relationships and it's like okay yeah. the, obviously there is in relationships it is accountability so it's not one person's fault so mm-hmm. it, it, both people are to blame quote unquote but it, the women in the show literally take it, and they're like, "Oh, I'm so mm-hmm. awful! Like it's I'm I'm the problem! Like ah, like I suck so yeah. bad that no man will love me." It's like, yep, dude. I think I think Charlotte is a big big one for this with her friends because they'll get mad at her because Charlotte will be like, "Well, you shouldn't have done that, or or you did this, you did that. What did you do?" You yeah. know, like she's quick to blame them. Also, I'm looking at Carrie and Aiden's relationship. Fuck that. Carrie literally. T- tortures herself like literally tortures herself for this man it's it's ridiculous for this mullet <laughs> having subpar paul rudd <laughs> but yeah but okay before we leave number nine i i have personal experience with this like i like i'm sure i'm sure you do in some capacity oh, too yeah. like just solely blaming yourself for things that are not your fault Absolutely. at all like abuse like just it's hard it's hard this is this is a tough one Okay, but number 10, defending, justifying, and supporting societal, institutional, political, and or cultural bias and oppression against women, blaming women for causing their own victimization. Fuck that. Yeah, that's a that's a no for me, dog. But I mm-hmm. think the show, I would I would say they, they get a check for that. Because yeah, thank you. That I can't think of specific instance, but I'm sure that that just like ties back into I mean I would I would say like it's not like I would say the uh Charlotte again is the biggest Mm -hmm. culprit of this one Charlotte has a lot of internalized misogyny yeah that's what happens when you're hella conservative yeah well this says I, I like that this says institutional and political because you cannot say that you are pro women and vote for Trump or honestly vote Republican at all, to be honest. And I mean, I'm not going to say that the Democrats are a lot better, but like, you know, it's just, if you're, can't say you're pro-women and then vote for anti-women policies and stuff like that, or go for policies that are anti-women, anti-choice, like it's just not a thing. It's just not a thing. And that comes from internalized misogyny. 
yeah, we're just really singing this episode because you had a brewski and I have a claw. So. <laughs> yeah, brother. That's that's the end of the list. Um, like I said, we'll link the article in the show notes if you want to read the whole thing. There is a little bit more besides just that list. And it's just some stuff to, to keep an eye out for, to try to be aware of in your own life and your own thinking, like just your thought patterns. Like you may not be saying these types of things out loud, but even just thinking them. You no, know, if I was looking at Tegwin being like, mm. she looks awful red today. Wow. She's wearing green pants with that shirt. Mm. <laughs> Ugly. Yeah. If I was like, if I was thinking that, like, even though I'm not saying it out loud, it's still a harmful thing to think about somebody. Yeah. So just try to be aware so that we can work on dispelling the internalized misogyny. I know it's hard. We know it's hard. It's very deeply ingrained and it's been promoted to us. I showed like sex in the city for yeah for a very long time. But now moving on to the most important topic, yeah, the of most important this entire law. episode in yeah, Sex it, in the City. Okay, it's a it's a it's a show. It is a show about uh, four heterosexual women. The idea they have some standards. Have some standards. The idea is they they are the women are beautiful women, gorgeous, yeah, and the men. <laughs> that they decided to cast in the show. Absolutely atrocious. So, so far. So, so, so bad. Not to... <laughs> we literally just talked about, like, toxic masculinity and stuff like that and, like, not body-shaming people. <laughs> oh, this is us being flawed and not being on our high horse, but, like, these men are atrocious. They're not, they're not okay. <laughs> they're not okay. And I think the issue is that they, they have the women fawning over these men. Yes. Like they're, like they're perfect kins and they're like, what did you, a stallion? Yes. Oh my gosh. There's so many instances in the show where they're like, oh. yeah. Carrie, Carrie's voiceover goes, Samantha ran into a stallion along the street and it is the most Ugly looking motherfucker <laughs> I've ever seen in, in our in our opinion in our okay. opinion everyone has preferences I guess but it, okay it's our preference obviously there are probably some people who thought these men are attractive also like standards beauty standards for both men and women have changed a lot since this time period but you know even if you don't think they're ugly they're not there's, attractive there's no basis for these women to be calling these men like super hot and like stallions and like oh my god like is it hot in here like he just walked in he's so sexy like they're all just average white dudes that you would see walking down the street like at it's any given day like and not to, in their 30s not to bash on average white dudes like whatever i mean well actually 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 i take that back <laughs> redacted <Oof. laughs> average white dude listeners and moving on, <laughs> there will be there are some visuals of the men that we are talking about on our Instagram, oh, yeah. so check well, that out. There's some stuff. There's some stuff on Twitter. There's some stuff on Instagram, and that is a great segue into you should follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Psych Channel Pot, or you can send us a Gmail about how much you agree with us about how ugly these men are <laughs> at Psych Channel Pod at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on your preferred podcast platform. And now we're actually on a bunch of podcast platforms. So Woo! our usual Spotify and Apple podcast for sure. But we're 
or on mm-hmm. Google Podcasts and whatever that's called. I don't actually know the name for it, but a lot more. I think it is just called Google Podcasts. Okay. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> we're new to this. So, yeah. But follow us on those. Leave us some reviews wherever you can. We love those. And um, I don't know if I mentioned this in the past couple episodes or not, but I think – I think I think you guys should send us your dreams so we can analyze yeah. them and and analyze them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Next time on the Psychology Channel. Next month, mayhaps. Hmm. Or should I say April, perhaps? <laughs> oh, I love that show. One hundred percent. Would recommend. So, I did. Captivating, compelling Mm -hmm. drama.